Welcome to The Narcissist Layers, a podcast focusing on recovery from narcissistic abuse. I'm your co-host, Hope Jay. And I'm your co-host, Lynn Catalano. And we are both survivors of narcissistic abuse. I am also an attorney working with survivors of narcissistic abuse and the founder and president of the Center for Hope of Western New York. I'm an attorney, a narcissistic abuse coach, and the author of Wrecking Ball Relationships, How to Identify, Live With, or Leave the Narcissist in Your Life. Learn more about me at lynncatalano.com. At the Center for Hope, we offer hope, help, and healing from narcissistic abuse. We are a nonprofit organization with a mission to provide legal advocacy, mental health support, financial advisement, and holistic healing services to help you down the path from victim to survivor. You can find out more about our services by checking out our website, centerforhopewny.org. And please follow us on all platforms of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, at Center for Hope WNY for helpful information about recovery from narcissistic abuse. Today, we're going to explore the concept of why narcissists ruin all holidays and special occasions, family gatherings, etc. So we're really going to dive into this topic today. Before we do, um, you know, everyone has to navigate difficult people. And I think that this applies to you, even if your family member may not suffer from narcissistic personality disorder, they still may be a very difficult person to be around. And so the tips and strategies we have for you today will help you and guide you through hopefully a very peaceful holiday season. I mean, isn't it true, Lynn, that everyone has a difficult family member, right? I mean, what we, what I know we, I do. yeah, we can't, we, it, you know, it, we're not armchair diagnosing people at, it, during, during this podcast, no. right? No. What, what we do know, though, is that disordered people, you know, people who are on the spectrum of, you know, having a personality disorder, a cluster B personality disorder, tend to be much more disruptive at the holidays, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so so we want to you know help everybody that's listening today. Um, it's it's December first, I believe, and and give you some helpful tips to to navigate the holidays, um, you know, as successfully as possible with with uh, you know a, a difficult person in in your life. Yes, so uh, I have five things that narcissists consistently do on holidays and special occasions. So one, they create drama where there wasn't any. I'm sure we've all seen this happen before. Number two, they show up late on purpose. Mm -hmm. Sort of need to make an entrance. Number three, they get jealous of you spending time with people, even those relatives that you may not see very often. Four, they demand attention. And five, if they don't receive the attention, the recognition, the praise, the envy, all that narcissistic supply that they need, they will go into some form of a narcissistic rage storm. Yes. Whether it be a, an outward rage storm or the silent treatment, you're going to get it. You're going you're, you're <laughs> to get it. Yeah. You're going to get it. Yeah. So I hope, I know we both have so many personal stories uh, about uh, this type of behavior at the holidays so yeah. 
And but, I, but, but, you know, Lynn, I think it, it, before we delve into that, I think it's important, you know, to give a little bit of sort of background as far as, you know, why do narcissists behave this way at the holidays? I think, you know, everybody kind of has a theory on that, but I think it's pretty simple, simply explained, right? Yeah, please. I, I mean, it, so, so, you know, we were just talking about this earlier before we started uh, recording. I mean, the, the long, the short of it is, is during, during a holiday, uh, you know, Christmas or Thanksgiving or, you know, a, a birthday that isn't the narcissist's birthday, right? The attention is focused elsewhere. It's focused on somebody else. It's, it's you know, it's getting diverted, right, from, from the narcissist right. who has to be, you know, the center of attention, the center of the world at all times. Now, if they're the sort of narcissist that likes to host the holidays and, you know, there's that sort, right, that, you know, they still get to get all of the praise and all of the attention from being the host and everyone is, you know, how, how great you are, then, you know, they may not be as difficult. But if they have to sort of, you know, be a, a, just a guest or, you know, like a, a person who is, that the attention is not being focused on, what's going, what you're going to find is that they're going to create some sort of uh, a drama, as you st- stated earlier, they're going to create some sort of problem. Right. Um, they're going to make something, uh, you know, a, a, some sort of mountain out of a molehill yep. or, yep. you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to get sick. Or they're going to, um, you know, be late, like you said, but but so late that you know once they arrive, everybody's going to be, you know, either they're going to be disruptive um, to the what's already happening, or everyone's going to be so worried about what happened. Where were you? What happened? Oh my God! So boom, you know, you're immediately getting the attention focused back on them. Um, You know, and and the thing is, is that they they find the way to. Um, it's not just about attention seeking. I, I honestly think that there's more to it, Lynn. I think that that because um, you know deep down uh, in a, in a narcissist black soul, you know all they crave is <laughs> you know they 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 crave to have all the attention on them. But it's stemming from you know things like envy and shame and things like that. So so when they see somebody else you know in the spotlight, they feel they feel jealousy. They feel a, yes. you know an enormous amount of jealousy, yes. and so you know they they have to sort of almost like um, you know push back and 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 hurt the the yeah. people around them because they're they're not getting enough of that narcissistic supply that they need yeah. in those moments, right? Yeah. And because you know essentially narcissists are really two year olds with the 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 ability to yeah. regulate their emotions yeah. like a two year old, right. right? Right. So you know they 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 come into these situations and they're unhappy, uh, and so everyone else has to be unhappy, right? Right. 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 And so you know I don't know if there's more that you you want to say about that, but. Well, I, I think that what I've discovered is that people who have suffered from these experiences find great comfort in other people's stories because the the typical playbook is narcissists want to isolate you from your friends and family, so yeah. you're not able to compare those things and talk about what happened. And as a result, when you discover that other people have suffered similarly, right. it's you you find comfort. It, yeah, it's affirming. Yes. It affirms your reality. It's validating. Yes. yes. Yep, yep. Absolutely. So that's why I think it's so important for us to share our experiences, um, you know, with with as many people as possible. Well, I, I, yeah. So, you know, maybe you can share a, a specific sort of a, a experience that happened with you and your narcissist on a holiday. So, um, you know, 
I discovered, my whole story uh, is that I discovered my father uh, uh, suffers from narcissistic personality disorder after my mother's very sudden death. And it, it changed the way I looked at what had happened growing up. Um, you know, you, you're a lot of times in a family, that dynamic people uh, condition you to normalize their yes. erratic and disordered behavior as if it's perfectly okay that my father threw a huge tantrum, a huge narcissistic rage storm every year at my mother's family for Thanksgiving. It wasn't a question of if he was going to do it, it was when. Right. And you know, it always ended with him pouting upstairs and everyone being on edge and my mother crying yeah. and my grandmother upset. And I, why was this normalized? Right. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that, that just, when you're, when narcissists tend to surround themselves with enablers and codependents and people who, you know, are, are, are not going to call them out on their behavior, yeah. you know, because once we start calling them out on their behavior, that's when all the, the conflict and the trouble starts, right? <laughs> right? But because narcissists don't want, don't think they're doing anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with their behavior. It's you, you're the problem. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I'm sure that, you know, in those situations that, that your father was able to convince your mother and everyone else around them, around, around her, that that, you know, there was some problem that she didn't, uh, you know, she didn't take care of. And so, you know, you cater to, to, uh, in, 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 you know, they're, they're um, emotional, um, you know, dictators. Yes. Right. You, you're in a family constellation yeah. with somebody like this, whether it's a parent, whether it's a sibling, uh, a sibling whether it's a, um, a, a romantic partner, a husband, yeah. you know, we all, um, you know, have to fall in line. Yep. Yeah. If we don't yep. fall in line, then we're going to be dealing with the, Absolutely. you know, the, the backlash and the consequences of, of, of not pleasing. Um, and by the way, no matter what you do, you're never going to please them. Right. But you know, when you are part of a family constellation with somebody like this, they project, you know, and blame yep. uh, everyone around them yep. so much that we believe, we, we internalize and start to believe that there is something that if we only did this or didn't do that, that then we would be able to appease them right. and then this behavior wouldn't happen. So to have a family member that was constantly blowing up uh, holidays, that's a pretty typical, um, you know, experience for people who've grown up with a narcissistic parent um, or, or who are married to a narcissistic partner. We all know that when the holidays are approaching and it's weird because i don't i don't think that um it's one of those things that you kind of like you said in retrospect you know you kind of look back on it and you go wait a minute not only is it not normal but why does this happen every single year yes. at thanksgiving why yes. does it happen on my birthday yes. how come every valentine's day this man is just ruining for us but guess what right guess what my life now is with the same group of people because I still celebrate Thanksgiving with my mother's family and it's completely Different. peaceful. Yep. And we are grateful for one another and our company and it is amazing. It's, so, isn't it something, you know, I mean, it, it's, again, it's just, it's, it's so validating to know that it was never you, right? right? And right. it wasn't the family constellation, it's the family constellation that is reacting to the abuse. Yeah. And that, and, and so, you know, and, and again, when, when, when you have like a group of people who are so codependent and enabling of a, of a, of a little, you know, tantrum throwing, uh, you know, toddler yes. who is yes. a grown man yes. or, you know, whatever that person is, uh, you know, you, you, like you said, you, you normalize it yep. and you think that, you know, that's how you're supposed to behave. So, 
Um, but what they amp it up at the holidays when, I mean, you know, they just, they amp it up at the holidays for all the reasons that I stated earlier. Um, you know, I, I, I know that, you know, I experienced it as well, um, with my ex narcissist, particularly he loved to ruin, like I said, my birthday, he loved to ruin Valentine's day. Um, and again, I believe it was because, uh, the, the attention wasn't on him, you know, somebody else was going to be celebrated that day. And, uh, you know, I, I, and again, I, I think, and this is my personal opinion and certainly people can disagree, but I think that they, um, they get pleasure out of ruining things for other people, um, uh, because they are such unhappy people at their core yeah. that, um, you know, if they're unhappy, then we all should be suffering. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I realized that this was happening in my relationship that whenever my birthday was coming up, even though he would you know, with this particular birthday that we were talking about earlier, you know, I, he, he had planned this whole event and I was so excited and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm with this great guy and he's doing all these wonderful things for me. But then the night before, <laughs> the night before my birthday, you know, he would start like some ridiculous, like you, you said um, earlier, they, they would start some drama or yeah. something, right? Yeah. He would start some ridiculous argument that um, wasn't based in any kind of reality. And then, as you said, you know, amp it up to the hundredth degree and my ex-narcissist was the king of the silent treatment. Um, you know, the rate that, that, I thought, I thought that, my father yeah. was the king of the silent treatment. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like the inverse of the overt rage storm. The silent treatment is a rage storm. Yes, correct. It, it's, but it, but correct. You, don't, you don't necessarily perceive it that way, um, you know, until you realize that by cutting you off yeah. and cutting you out... Ooh. And, and treating you as if you are a non-person and you don't exist Correct. is a very, um, you know, evil <laughs> form of narcissistic abuse. I think it's the cruelest yeah. of yeah. all their tactics. Yes, it, it truly is because yeah. it invalidates you and, 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 and you, you don't, you feel worthless. Yes. And so, yeah, I mean, he would, he did this to me like the night before my birthday, ruined my entire birthday, this whole event that he had planned. We didn't end up going and I was, not only was I devastated, but he had me exactly where he wanted me because then I was begging and crying and pleading and, you know, what did I do? Like, you know, please, like, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And so what happened? All the attention was diverted back to him and he was the king. And, um, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're very, very skillful at this one. Wow. Very skillful. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I gave you another example earlier. I was talking about one time. Um, my youngest child was turning five and you know kids birthday parties are a firm two hours like you you set those real regimented you know people arrive at this time and you're leaving at this time five years old I think is still when parents stay for some of it at least oh, sure yeah and you know this was a time when I used to invite um any of the grandparents and certainly any aunts and uncles that were around. We have very little local family. And so my father's brother and, and his wife, my aunt and uncle, would come as well. And uh, so let's say the party was from one to three. My father strolled in at like, I don't know, two o'clock. And, you know, it left me scratching my head. Like I tried very hard not to focus on the fact that he wasn't there when the party started because I did want to give my attention to my child. But isn't that so interesting? I, and I, I, don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but the fact that you were trying so hard not to focus on yes. it is exactly what he wanted. That's yes. the reaction that he wanted. He yes. wanted everyone to notice that he wasn't there. Correct. Yep. And I will tell you, this was early in my journey of realizing who he was. 
And so I was still giving him course. that attention. Sure, of course. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize what he was doing at the time. So then he strolls in late. He kind of doesn't talk to anybody. I don't even think he says hello to the birthday girl. He mm -hmm. has a whole two grandchildren, okay? Yeah. And uh, like, what? And then he leaves without saying goodbye. Yeah. And that, that is a very typical way for people who suffer from this disorder to act. Yes. At a special occasion. Yes. I mean, they are going to cause all kinds of problems. Yep. They're, they're going to make you feel awful about yep. yourself. Yep. If there's a special event, you can count on them to, to ruin it somehow. Yeah. Whether it's um, causing a scene at the yep. event, whether yep. it's causing some kind of drama, was showing up late. Uh, starting a fight or an argument, yep. you know, yep. when everyone else is trying to get along, you know, there, and, and it just, as you said earlier, I think it's, it's so important to realize that when that person and that personality is removed <laughs> from the situation, oh. you have a whole different um, uh, experience of, of the holiday. It's miraculous. Yep. It is miraculous. And, and I think so much, so often we're reluctant to do that because we have such guilt yeah. and shame wrapped into this and we don't want to cut that person out. Right. But guess what? It's freedom. Yeah. Like it's pure freedom. Like I'm telling you, you know, Thanksgiving was just a week and a half ago or right. two weeks ago and it was so wonderful. Well, you know, I think people that are listening to this podcast are probably, you know, on, in all different places with respect to their relationships with a, with a narcissist in their life. They may still be living with them. They may still be relating to them if it's a parent. Or, you know, they may be, um, have, have recently split or have been split for some time. You know, one of the other topics that I, I wanted to talk about today is, you know, something that comes up at the holidays as well which if you've been in a romantic relationship with a narcissist, I, uh, you know, this is something you may have experienced. I know I've experienced it um, with my ex-narcissist is that, uh, you know, they understand innately that people are vulnerable at the holidays. They understand that, you know, you might be missing, um, you know, what you believed was, was a, you know, somebody who cared for you and somebody who loved you. And if you're in the, in the beginning stages of this process or even, you know, farther down the road, um, a narcissist, uh, will often try to hoover uh, an ex-partner or even a, a family member who hasn't talked to them in some time um, to try to, to kind of reel you back in and to see whether or not you're still willing to bite and still willing to play the game. Um, if you have taken the steps to set healthy boundaries um, and maybe exclude that person uh, either by going no contact or making, um, you know, going gray rock or making those decisions to kind of you know, put distance between yourself and the narcissist. Right. They know the holidays are a vulnerable time. They know that they can, you know, they can remind you of all the good times you had and remember this and remember that. Or they might do something wacky and send, uh, you know, some sort of a, a test that a, a test a text that's very vague or um, or pretend that they meant to send it to somebody else when they're really they're, they're trying they're testing the waters they're trying to see whether or not you're still open to play wow and it's actually they call it the holiday Hoover maneuver it's a real thing wow. <laughs> um, you know they it, it happens uh, often during the holidays they like I said they may text you they may try to Facebook. Uh, friend you uh, if you haven't blocked them. I always tell people block 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 uh, You got to block on all social media. You got to block from the phone You got to block the email because if you don't block 
these these men um, and women are relentless in, in trying to, you know, reel back in former sources of narcissistic supply. The reality is, is that once you've been groomed by a narcissist and, and they know that you are somebody that could potentially be susceptible to, um, you know, to their manipulation, it's much easier to go back around, to circle back around to wow. old partners, wow. to people who have formally provided that supply and see if they're still, hey, hey, you know, uh, I, you know, are you still, are you, have you healed enough or are you still willing to play? Wow. So that holiday Hoover maneuver is a real thing. Um, I want people to be uh, aware, to be vigilant on this because um, if you haven't really worked hard on your recovery, if you haven't worked through the trauma, and if yeah. you still are open to contact with the narcissist, they're going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> like I said yeah. earlier, they're yeah. going to get you. Yeah. So my best advice uh, on the holiday Hoover maneuver is don't give them an opportunity to Hoover you and make sure you've blocked them from any uh, outlet, any ability that they have to, to weasel their way back into your life. I feel like some people could think that sounds very negative, but... From our experience, and I know I'm speaking for you in this in this instance, Hope, but I, I believe you'll agree with me, you need to protect yourself. Yes. And you have to be the biggest proponent of protecting you. And so when it comes to exposure to these types of people, yes. you just have to cut it off. Yes, and it, it's very difficult. It I is. mean, we can, we can both speak from experience. It wasn't something that we did overnight. No. Um, you know, oftentimes it, it comes in degrees yes. um, and, you know, you think, okay, you know, and, and particularly when it's a parent yeah. and someone, you know, a, some, a family member, it's not like you, uh, you know, you, you just are able to cut somebody out of your life no. without any sense of guilt or, you know, so it takes a long time yes. um, to reach a point where you can make that decision and recognize and truly accept that you must, you know, protect your own your own sanity and your own peace and to allow this person in your in your life when all you're going to get is manipulation in return yeah. um, at some point I think when people get healthier um, they, they, they have to make that decision and I whether it's a family member or not I mean we are here to reassure you that it's okay it's okay to set boundaries with people who are disrupting your peace yes, yes. <laughs> right. yes. but I will say you know, you go through phases. Um, I went back to my father every time he gave me the silent treatment, every time he stopped talking to me, whether it was for uh, weeks, months, or years. I kept going back and I questioned myself, like, why did I keep going back? Yeah. But it's about hope. Yeah. You know, you hold out the hope that they are going to change, that they are going to see the light, that all of a sudden they're going to realize, oh my gosh, this is my only child. What am I doing to this relationship? But guess well, that, what? That, that requires empathy. <laughs> guess what? Right. They won't. Yeah, they they right, don't right, ever right, see right. any fault with, right. with anything it's they've done. It's always somebody else. And so, you know, at some point I had to grieve the relationship mm -hmm. that I thought I had. I had to grieve the relationship I wanted. Yeah, all of it and move on and right. it was by far the healthiest thing i've ever done in my life and you have to be very strong yeah and wherever you can derive that strength from your friends and your family and uh, the people that help you yeah, there's great mental health counselors out there yes. you know there's there's people who understand this phenomenon mm -hmm. of narcissistic abuse there's there's plenty of um 
websites and, and people out there that are talking about this. So there's a lot of support if you're looking for it. Yes. It's a journey. It is a journey. It's a journey. And don't beat yourself up. If you fall for the Hoover, um, you know, unfortunately you're you're gonna you're you know you're you're going back on the dance floor with somebody like this. And it, it's it's gonna end the same way and it's gonna end painfully, you know. Um, and, and I'm sorry that you you have to go through this. I think, but for, like Lynn said, it takes a, most of us, uh, many times, yeah. uh, it, you know, it, it just, you know, statistically speaking, it takes, you know, people who are in abusive relationships, it takes them on average seven times to leave Ooh. their abuser. Wow. So, you know, whether, again, whether it's a romantic partner, a, a family member, you know, whoever it is in your life that, you know, is, is causing you pain and, and, and who you feel it's, you know, an abusive, traumatic thing to be in a relationship with them, you know, you can get better. They cannot, but you can. <laughs> okay. That's a hard thing is, to understand. Is there, is there any, is there anything else, Lynn, that we needed to cover today on, on the holidays as I, I feel like? Yes. yes. Okay. I just want to talk about yeah. five things that you can do to keep the peace during the holidays and these are not necessarily things that are sustainable in the long haul, but remember, it's a holiday, yeah. so it's, it's one and done, right? So five things. One, lower your expectations mm -hmm. of the narcissist. Don't expect them to have empathy. They don't. And don't expect them to show concern for anyone else. They won't. Right. Number two, they won't ever see your perspective. So right. just stick to their script. Remember, they they slice the turkey. Oh, no one slices the turkey as good as you. I mean, that that's the script, okay? Yeah. Number three, don't start an argument. You know their buttons. Don't push them. Number four, be careful not to humiliate or challenge them. Like criticism, embarrassment, they do not handle it well. So just stay away from anything that would do that to them. And number five, above all, don't tell them what to do. They will always do the opposite. Right. I promise I have a lot of experience yeah. in this area. So, so Lynn, this is this is the advice for people who are kind of going to heart knuckle it, you know, and, white and, knuckle it, white yes. knuckle it, yeah. and, 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 and for whatever reasons, you know, maybe they they can't, um, you know, set that boundary where they they can go no contact yes. or you know they have to attend a family yes. gathering where somebody's going to be there. Yes. So I, I appreciate that um, yeah. that to, that advice because I think it's great advice. For, for you to remove yourself as much as possible from engaging with somebody like this because it's a it's a no-win situation no. you know no. so disengaging and it's almost I think a lot of that advice is sort of like sort of gray rock yeah. right you just yeah. kind of gray rock them if you if you you know you go uh-huh 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 because it doesn't <laughs> right, right? It, it's it's not going right. to make a difference what you say no so no and it's yeah. just not worth more right. time and energy right. to try and challenge them. Like, you know that they're wrong about something all the time. Right. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Walk away. And, and like Lynn said, it's only a, a day yeah, or you a know, meal. If, if you have to go uh, away and, and visit them, I would say my best advice would be not to stay, yes. <laughs> get a hotel room. I agree. Um, you know, try to I try agree. to keep yourself, you know, in, in, in your physical space and, and keep your peace as much as possible. Um, because they are, they're gonna, they're gonna rile people up. They're gonna start an argument, no matter what you do yep. or don't do. Right. So it's, it's, it's not you. Right. Um, but, but you know, at, at, at the end of the day, again, this is a journey, and hopefully, as, as people, um, you know, learn more about this disorder, learn more about themselves, and, and move on in their lives, that you know, you'll be able to set 
good, healthy boundaries with people like yes. this. And, you know, as I said earlier, uh, there shouldn't be uh, guilt or, or remorse to, in taking care of yourself. No. Okay. Of, above all, right. uh, protect your per mental, emotional, and physical health because this type of stress has an immense effect on all of those things. That's, so that's, please. That's so true. So with that, we're going to wish everybody happy holidays and come back and join us again in January with the Narcissist Slayers. All right. Take care.